Welcome to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away. I'm one of your hosts, Stephen, and I'm joined by my friends and co-hosts, Tom and William. Today, we're going to be wrapping up our celebration recap, which we started last week and, you know, ran for like three hours. And we're like, you know what? We should go to bed at some point. Yeah, we could have gone five. Very easily. Easy. So today, we're going to go five. No, we're not going to go five. Was it two weeks ago? It was two weeks ago. Sorry, it it's a been a very, very busy couple weeks. It has, hasn't it? We've we've been all over the place, and trust me, it's not going to get any easier in the couple weeks going forward. No. All right. First of all, do we have any announcements? Did anything happen while we were gone? Uh, nothing really happened on Star Wars Day for the for May the Fourth. I mean, nothing that that I saw. Um, yep, I didn't see anything either. So well, except I mean, so you know, well, it was Star Wars Day. Happy Star Wars Day, everybody! Correct. May the Fourth be with you. Um, you know, as you, as you know, like we don't usually have anything, nothing really big happens on Star Wars day. We just all have fun and say may the fourth be with you to each other. Uh, we did however, get five free maker adventure shorts, which is very YouTube. cool. Yeah. So, uh, these are kind of the, the, to tide us over until season two. So definitely check them out if you, if you haven't seen them already. And if you haven't watched free maker adventures, highly recommend doing so. It's a very fun show. And as we're gonna be talking about a little bit later in this uh, in this episode, and Tom, I think we got some uh, some book uh, releases too. We, we actually did. We had Rebel Rising and Guardians of the Wills were just released. Um, those are two books that we are going to review. So keep an eye on your podcast catcher for when we review them, and uh, we'll give you our thoughts. We're looking forward to finishing up both books. Yeah, uh, you'll, those those reviews will probably drop in oh about. I don't know, three weeks or yeah. so, three or four weeks. Yeah, you gotta have time to read the books and that. Yeah, exactly. And, well, and, and scheduling, and, but and also because we want to actually be able to read them. Exactly. Yeah. And give you time to, to read them. To be fair, I was gonna say I have reviewed books that I haven't finished yet, but I'm I generally try not to do that. Okay, you're not supposed to say that. You're not. You're not supposed Sorry, to say that. Sorry, I mean I read every book that we review, <laughs> and I don't. I'm trying to think. I think it was Tarkin that, like, I think I was on. I had like 50 pages left to go, and I finished it that night. Yeah, uh, but it's we only were, 50 we pages. You. Yeah, it was only 50 pages. That's not a big deal. It's not like you All had right. half the book left over. Like, you know, maybe. <laughs> um, but like what? You know. What was that? Oh, it was when... me. Me with Chuck Wundig. Um Oh yeah, that so, one. So yeah. Fair. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. And Thank then of course guys. there's William, who is. The Boy Scout of the group, you know, always has all of his books read, except for Thrawn, which, you know, he finished last of all of us. Although, I guess you've still read it before we reviewed, so it doesn't really matter. That's yes. True. Not how long it takes. And for the record, I've kind of been traveling all over the place. So Yeah, what were, you were saying what? You've been traveling one out of every three days this this year or was it this month? Yeah, you know, so this year, one out of okay. every three days. Yeah, has been no big deal. On the road. Only, Plus, only, that only is, one. William, all that means is you have more time to read. Traveling, plenty of time on the plane. Plenty yeah. of time on the plane. So yeah. I should be, I should be ripping through these books. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but we have to get ripping through our star, our celebration <laughs> review. 
because we that need was to... a fantastic segue, Tom. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, oh, man. Hey, hey, you know what? Had to. Come on. Uh, okay. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so well, let's so see. We, I'm la- trying we to last remember. left off where? I believe it was t- we're talking about Dave Filoni's panel, Animated Origins and Unexpected Fates. That's right. Um, yeah. So we, we talked about the the Rebels news from that from that episode, but there was a lot more as well. We actually got some Clone Wars information too, which uh, was very nice. You know, they often say, "Oh, everything's." They already released everything uh, from the Clone Wars, and but they keep finding little bits and pieces here and there to show us, and more tidbits to give us. So um, it's amazing I how guess, that works, doesn't it? Yeah. So, so for some Rebels and Clone Wars crossovers, um, we almost the original plan actually was uh, in Twin Suns to have Savage Press appear as an apparition in the desert to Maul, um, which would have been awesome. Don't that you think? would have been a lot of fun to see. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, but the, yeah, unfortunately, like they were worried that it wouldn't make sense to fans who had only watched the Clone Wars, and that you know he would have been just randomly appearing this for probably a few seconds, right? And so, unlike Maul, who's been in who's in Rebels and came to the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. uh, or maybe like you know as we we're talking about last episode, Bo-Katan or something, where they're able to reintroduce these characters, Hondo, right? Um, Savage, which have been interested in. He went right there and then left again, and that would confuse people. So they decided to cut that, and um, just too bad. But uh, I, uh, I think all in yeah, all, it made I, sense. I it. Yeah, it yeah. it totally made yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, and that was already uh, an episode where they had so much time in it to begin with, or so much yeah, content true. to begin. That's Every true. little bit helps. And that was the one they had what thirty five minutes yeah. of content for, and they cut yeah, it out of twenty two. Exactly. So that's, yeah. Now that's, that's tough. I would love to see the ex- the director's cut of that episode since they had thirty five minutes. Hopefully, one of these days we'll get it to see the full thing. Yeah. Oh, I, w- I would love to, but yeah. yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Um. But uh, but anyway, there, there's you know a couple of things about rebels which we talked about in the last episode, like how there were originally supposed to be nine surviving clones, uh, uh, an, an homage to the nine old men of Disney. Um, I found that interesting. Did he throw uh-huh. out why he wanted it that way and why it ended up being cut? No, he just dropped the comment and moved on. <laughs> wow. Uh, Tom, do you, uh, for those who aren't, who aren't familiar, who, who are the nine old men of Disney? Oh, geez. The nine old men of Disney were his original animators. The, the nine guys who you would say were there from the beginning um, mm. I'm, I'm one of those guys where I am so bad at names, but you're looking at, they started out at like Snow White, they ended up going to Fantasia, Pinocchio. Um, I know Ward Kimball was one of them. Um, uh, but <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm more of a Warner brother guy, that type of thing. I know enough about Disney, but you know, when it comes to animation, Bugs Bunny's always been my favorite character. Right. right. Yeah. Frizz Freeling, yeah. you know, Chuck Jones, all those guys. Marvin the Martian. So, but yeah, the, the nine old men was one of those, those things. So, but I found that pretty cool that, that, that was supposed to be in, in homage to them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it was, yeah. Um, a couple other, well, I guess one more piece from rebels that we didn't cover in the last one before moving on to the clone wars. Um, and, and that's that, uh, you remember the, the other two clones that were found with Rex 
uh, at the yeah, beginning of season uh, Wolf two. Wolf and Gregor. Yeah, yeah, they're coming back in season four. Uh, awesome. So yeah, we'll get to find out what happened to them because like they were they were in the they rescued them all and then they just never showed up again. So it'll be nice to kind of get some closure mm-hmm. on them too. Um. So it was it, it was cool. Uh, let's see what else. Going back into the Clone Wars, I don't know. If, okay, so I don't remember this, but I, I guess it's true. Like it was more of a surprise. In the first trailers for the Clone Wars, we actually do you guys remember? We actually never saw Ahsoka in those uh, trailers. You can see slivers of her arm and brief glimpses in the 2005 Celebration trailer, but that's it. Huh? It's it's she's so like <clears throat> a part of Star Wars these days that it's hard to believe. That she that's, was not in the very first trailer. That's pretty impressive. I'm trying to think. I, I want now. I want to like go back and rewatch the very first trailer for the Clone Wars. Wait a minute, Clone Wars or Rebels? Clone, Clone Wars. Wars. Okay. Hmm. Wow. You know what? That's fascinating. Yeah. 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 I I think it's absolutely fascinating. I had no idea. So. Um, yeah, well, you also stuff. have to look at the character, how she has grown. I think we've talked about it before, how she was one of the characters in which people were like, really? A character always calling, you know, it snips. And, you know, and it, it, there was something about the character when she first got on screen that people kind of like really weren't enthused about it. But talk about a character that over time has grown and to be such an iconic character within the Star Wars universe and not be Han, Luke, or Leia or even yeah. Anakin. So yeah. or Obi Wan for that. No, matter. she's an amazing character. Yeah. So yeah. I'm I'm glad. She, yeah, it's just amazing to believe. Like it's amazing to think back and go, oh, wow, there was a time where they didn't even show her in the first trailers and you know and stuff. So it's fascinating. Uh, okay, so Stephen, when you when you think of bounty hunters, okay, um, which ones like which of the most iconic bounty hunters come to mind? So you mean Boba Fett? Okay. Ig eighty eight probably. Okay. Uh, boss. Maybe. Is, are you looking okay, for more? Boss. Are you, are you looking for more? Are, Maybe more of, cartoon or uh, oh, so, uh, let's, uh, let's see. You've got Sugi. Um, okay. Try to think. I, I'm trying to think. Who, yeah, Dangar was so, in. So bounty Dengar. hunters not seen on the screen. Any any famous bounty hunters not seen on the screen? Yeah, Cad Bane. Um, that doesn't that doesn't sound familiar. Cad Bane and Sugi were both on the screen. Oh, wait, oh, actually, oh, oh, I thought you were actually referring to Cad Bane. I was just trying to be yeah, annoying. Yeah, no. Well, I am right. sorry. I, so I actually am referring to Cad Bane. But uh, I remember, remember who the, like the the big the big bounty hunter everyone is obsessed with during the Clone Wars era was uh, Dirge. Oh, that's right. Sorry. That's right. Yes, yes. way yes, yes, back. Yes, yes. In I was. The, I was sorry. trying to think the animated. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And actually, to be he, fair, Dirge act- was in. The I was animated. gonna say. Gendy Tarkovsky series. I'm sorry. Right. I apologize. And and that's what I meant. Uh, that animated by way of the the 2D animated because technically the Clone Wars is animated as well. Yeah. But yeah. I, so I don't remember Filoni ever mentioning this before. But in this panel, he said that originally Cad Bane started off life as Dirge. Um, that's so, really cool. Yeah. So he was gonna be. They were gonna include Dirge in the Clone Wars, and then at the last minute, or, or I mean, not the last one, but in the, during the process, they decided that they wanted to go create a new character. And Cad Bane was born, which is, I'm glad because I love Cad Bane so much. He's you know one character I would love to see reappear in Rebels or somewhere yeah. else in Star Wars canon. Well, we really don't have a ending for that character yet, do we? He just basically Clone Wars is over, yeah. done. Yeah. 
Well, see, when they release the special, special edition of Episode 5, there's going to be Boba Fett, IG-88, and then they're going to have Cad Bane there. So. Oh, and Hondo. And Hondo, of course. Well, yeah. And actually, so originally, you know, Vader looks at Boba Fett and says, no disintegrations in the special, special edition. That's Hondo there. And Hondo <laughs> makes, you know, some flippant line like, it was only one time or something like that. You know? That was my uh, Hondo impression. Um, We're pirates. We don't even know what that means. <clears throat> I don't know. For the record, I don't know why, but Hondo has an Italian accent in my brain. <laughs> so Apparently mine, too. <laughs> No, yours is better. Mine was like, it's a spicy meatball. <laughs> like, like, I'm, I'm out of this one. I'm, I'm yeah, out of this like, one. Anyway. Um, this one. Fun fact. Very cool. Dirge, yeah. yes. Yeah. That's very cool. And Rex was originally going to be a different famous clone trooper from the Star Wars Republic comics. Alpha Interesting. 17. Oh, I always... That doesn't surprise me, actually. No. Like, they, those characters were essentially, were very, very similar, other than uh-huh. Rex being a little bit more developed, because, you know, he was out, ran a little longer. longer than a comic series did, but. Yeah, yeah, but fascinating, fascinating stuff. Mm-hmm. The biggest news, though, or not necessarily news, but the biggest and by far the coolest thing from this panel was uh, the unaired clip that they showed us from the Clone Wars. That's and not fair. That... Yeah, it, People. Yeah, you know they they often say like, oh, they they released everything. Well, they found another one, and I am the skeptical part of me is like, okay, well, they said this is the last. Floney said this is the last clip. They've got the, they scraped the bottom of the barrel. This is everything. Part of me thinks they're gonna have another last clip at the next celebration, but that's just you the, mean you mean a last last clip? Yeah, well, it seems like every time they're like, oh, this is the last clip. This is the last clip. This is the last clip. But. Um, it's it, Filoni said this this is the last clip, but um, that that has never been seen, and he got special permission from Disney to show it at Celebration, uh, and so this was from remember there was gonna be that Boba Fett episode uh, mm-hmm. in in the final seasons uh, that that never made it to the screen. Well, in this yeah, we episode, saw, we saw a clip from it previously, right at the previous Celebration. There was yes, um, was like I don't remember what it was though. Was it, oh shoot now, uh, was it like Boba Fett, was it like a pursuit with Boba Fett or something or? Yeah, might have been. I oh no, I it was, it, uh, I think it was Boba Fett hiding behind some boxes and fighting Sugi in some way. Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds familiar. Right? He was like, I think he was going into, uh, doing a hand-to-hand combat with Sugi or something or was it? Oh, I forget now. I, but it, I it, yeah, there was something around that. I remember like seeing Sugi like sneaking behind boxes and then like. In this big scuffle, um, but they only showed it once, so it's unfortunately kind of kind of hard to see. Uh, but no, in this case, Boba Fett would have uh, faced off against Cad Bane in the Clone Wars, and it was this big um, this big sh- you know showdown where almost like Wild West style, the two kind of face each other, which is actually great too, right? Because mm-hmm. pa- Cad Bane and Boba Fett are definitely more about. Wild Western style bounty hunters, and uh, they would have faced each other down. And there was like Embo and uh, his his uh, his pet, and I think Sugi was there. I'm trying to remember now. There was a, there's a, a number of bounty hunters, the the, the normal crew, um, and uh, and they're kind of watching. And and Cad Bane and Boba Fett have this long stare down, just like in a you know a Western. 
Exactly. Oh, no, it, it almost had that exact music, right? Nice. Um, and then they pull out their their, bla- their blasters and shoot at each other at the exact same time. And the clip ends with their fates being unknown. Like, we don't really know which one li- which one actually succeeded, um, which one lived, which one I'm going to go out on okay. a limb and say, uh, chances are Boba Fett lived. Boba Fett? <laughs> yeah, so I'm the question is, is this the end of... Was this supposed to be the end of Cad Bane? Uh, well, if, like I said, they haven't really wrapped up Cad Bane, I would say this could have been it if it was a released clip. Yeah. I'm going to go with no. After all, you know, getting cut in half didn't ever stop Maul. Uh, <laughs> getting shot, no way. That's the end. Unless, yeah. I mean, if they want it or, to be, it obviously is. But So the coolest part of this, though... Sorry, Tom, you had something? Yeah, I was going to say, or... Or you can say, well, Boba Fett intentionally missed. Mm-hmm. And then what you're probably going to say, William, is how, you know, somebody got something on his helmet. They intentionally missed each other just to prove a point. Possibly. And spoiler uh, alert, yes, this clip actually answers how Boba Fett gets the dented mark on his helmet because Cad Bane's blaster hits him in the head, creating that dent. Okay, wait a minute. In the films. I, I gotta ask this. Did he shoot it or did he throw the blaster at the helmet? I'm sorry. That was He bad. shot. Okay, I know, yeah. but still it was like Well, hang on, I've got a I've got another theory. Because we did, you said we didn't see the end in the clip, right? No. No, so, they, they, they both we only see Boba's Boba's helmet kind of resting mm-hmm. in the in the dirt yep. with a, a dent. Uh, we don't All right, here see who here's my theory. Wins. Cad Bane kills Boba Fett, takes his armor, decides to become Boba Fett. What? You and know, Cad that, Bane is actually who we see in Episode Five. That is a and theory. Then Cad Bane around. dies in the scar in the Sarlacc, and the real Boba Fett comes back alive. That oh, is exactly what Picks happened. Picks up his armor and then is in the aftermath trilogy. It's <sighs> perfect, guys. We solved this. It's hundred percent solved. I'm There's like zero percent chance that we're wrong. I'm staying out. Okay, maybe like one percent chance we're wrong, but otherwise, I, I would say a big chance. <laughs> I'm yeah, sorry. I'm like, not, not to not to uh, sit there and burst your bubbles, guys. But that's it. Sounds like that's exactly what you're doing, Tom. Yeah, sorry about that. No, it's okay. Yeah. Anyway, so but, what else did we learn in the panel, William? Actually, that's that's it. Like that that's how they closed the panel. But I, I really enjoyed this one. Right, it's a lot of. Nothing huge and earth shattering, but I love seeing more clips of the Clone Wars and getting kind of a behind the scenes look at what could have been or, um, you know, how they came to certain decisions. So it was a it was a great panel. And I I always love it when Dave Filoni comes and just talks about his shows. So hopefully uh, we'll continue to do that with whatever the next series is after after Rebels. But I just love how much content they keep giving us from the Clone Wars and hopefully they'll actually release it in some form for everyone to see instead of just celebration attendees. And I think what's going to be interesting going into the next celebration, whenever the next show is released, I can see them having these kind of panels saying, yeah, uh, we found this uh, clip from uh, Star Wars Rebels that nobody's seen before. We've got uh, more content. I mean, they have 12, at least 12 minutes, at least from just yeah. twin sons so yeah definitely Re- possible yeah but it, i i don't know about that because rebels are going to have a definitive end to a lot of the stuff with clone wars that we've gotten is because they these are from episodes that were literally in production okay. 
Absolutely. Never finished. Fair point. Behind very the scenes stuff, point. yes, right. but like unseen episodes, I'd be very surprised. Well, unseen yeah. clips. And it's not like this was a whole episode, right? This was this was three. It minutes. was a clip. Yeah. It was like right. it, it could be I, I mean any way an animated show could work, there is always stuff that's been trimmed or clipped from it. So they could have little bits and pieces going, Yeah, we happen to have this scene here that could explain a little bit more over here, so yeah, we'll nice show you this. Thank you. I try. Um, <laughs> I never claimed to play him in real life. So, yeah, yeah. But so, hey, yeah, did so you it was, ever? It was good. Did Did you make the uh, making of Rogue One panel? I did. That was a fun one too. Uh, unfortunately, so this this panel, they started almost half an hour late. It was like 20, minutes, 20 30 minutes late. Whoa. Yeah, there was some technical issues behind the scenes and. Mm-hmm. I was very disappointed because this was this was probably one of my favorite panels. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's like there's the big, huge news, you know, like the Last Jedi and 40th anniversary, that kind of stuff. And so I, I love those panels t- totally. You know, Rebels. Um, what I loved about the making of Rogue One is that they actually took the time and went behind the scenes on how they made the film, which. I don't feel like the special features gave us at all, right? Mm-hmm. We got little bits and pieces, but we didn't really get a nice in-depth look at the making of the film. And to my surprise, most of the panels didn't really cover it either. They had a panel on the art of Rogue One. Mm-hmm. They had a panel uh, with, with Doug Chang. Um, and, you know, a handful of other panels. Maybe There was maybe three Rogue One panels. In, t- in all and this was the most comprehensive one and so you had matt wood doug chang um john knoll and i think uh who was the last uh, that might have been it but you basically had like ilm and you know representatives from the art department from special effects and from sound there to talk about how they filmed rogue one so the reason I love this panel so much is it actually gave us more of a look behind the scenes that we didn't really get in the special features. I felt like the special features were all, they were nice, but they were very short and focused on more surface level, like at a high, very high level how the film was made. They didn't really get into the details and the challenges of the film and all that kind of stuff. This panel did. And so while it was cut significantly short because it started late, uh, it, it was a really fascinating look behind the scenes uh, and kind of gave us a lot more detail just how much work they put into the film. For example, um, we found out that Rogue One was originally going to have scenes in the famous Death Star conference room. Uh, we didn't actually see it in the movie, but we were going to in Rogue One mm-hmm. uh, originally in, in the script, as well as Docking Bay 94, which was mm-hmm. really cool as well. That... Uh, ILM actually built an entire virtual set uh, of Docking Bay 94 in the conference room, but they were never used. Hopefully that'll be on this. Well, <laughs> I was going to say, hopefully on the special features. No, Rogue One's actually been released and I haven't checked the special yeah. features. And it's, it is actually f- amazing too. these virtual sets. They are so detailed. Like you go in there and you can just pan. It's like you're in a video game and you can like pan the camera around and fl- mm-hmm. fly it around the room. And there's like, you know, announcements going off and vehicle and like droids walking by and all this kind of stuff. And that's, what's amazing. They can set up these virtual sets and then film or place the characters that they've filmed, uh, the actors in these virtual sets and everything just already looks real. Uh, that's really cool. That's it's like a, a, very a, a cool. world. 
Yeah, amazing this technology. Um, in fact, the Tana 4 and the Profundity and the Hammerhead Corvettes were all virtual sets inside. Very little of the set was actually built in the movie. That's just amazing. And it doesn't look like that, right? No, it, no, it looks, that, it looks you real. would never have known. Yeah, if you told me that the Tanda 4 was actually virtual and they, they really didn't have much of the set built at all, like, I wouldn't have believed you. But then they showed it and I was like, whoa, no way. So, uh, fascinating stuff there. And it, it's funny how you look at Lucas, the amount of stuff that he did for his prequel trilogy that was virtual sets. And then this. It's amazing because yeah. didn't didn't they didn't they at that point a lot of people were not happy that a lot of it was virtual sets they wanted them to get to, get back to practical that's right. why that that's and, why um, um and I, I don't get like a seven. lot of the well it's, I don't get a lot of the complaints around okay it. hang on keep in mind well when you're talking about digital sets in 1999 versus <laughs> digital no, 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 sets no, no, in point. 2017 good point and that's I think that was the that was a big piece of it, and I don't want to. Die, I don't want to rat hole into well, this subject because it's a big no, subject. But I, no, and, and Stephen, I totally Lucas understand. was pushing. He was pushing the uh, pushing the envelope in 1999 with Episode right. One. Yeah, and there are still pieces of Episode One. Like I, for whatever reason, I still think the battle droids in Episode One look far more real in that movie than any previous other Star Wars movie. Yeah, which I've never yeah, understood. No, totally agree. Yeah, but and, it, and, in in some cases it worked, but it certainly in other cases it did not. And that's right. just and, it's a function of the time. And and I'm also yeah. I, I'm also bringing that up because I do remember when episode 7 came out there was a, there was a big deal about practical sets, practical sets. Mm -hmm. And and here you're saying in here Rogue One a lot of the sets are virtual. So but, honestly I think it was all I think it was all a lot of they had made a big to do about how much everything was how practical everything was. Mhm. Mm because they wanted to get, they wanted to bring back fans who were like, "Oh, everything's digital." Right? I don't think like if you look back at a lot of the Force Awakens stuff, mm -hmm. there's a lot that's, of digital in that. Oh, film. Yeah, that's yeah. true, but things yeah. like BB-8 would have been done digitally in just about any other movie. Yeah, totally agree. That that's true. They they did try a bit harder, but I don't know. Uh, I think I think some of it was just marketing. <laughs> yep. And to be fair, it was very effective marketing. So it was. Yes. It was it worked great. And I, you know, I have no complaints with that. Yeah. Um but even now I'm like going back and like watching the you know, the scenes and with you know, like in the Tana 4 and stuff, and it's just amazing. It looks like a real set and it's mm -hmm. it's not. Uh so that was that was cool. They said the trick though is to make at least 30% of any scene real. And that's how they help ground it. So as long as 30% of what you're seeing is is real, the, the remaining 70% can be digital and no one's going to care. It's amazing how they have it down to a percentage. Yeah. How, who, who actually had to sit there and think about, well, 20% doesn't work. 40% doesn't work. The sweet spot's right here at 30%. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. But it, it, it works. It works. They also, and they had a brief feature out about this but they showed how they use these giant leds on set for lighting uh so they have this enormous screen in front of the um in, in like in front of the cockpit right they had a scene in the cockpit outside the cockpit they'd have this giant led screen that 
uh, was used to project light onto the characters' faces. So when they were in hyperspace, they put the hyperspace effect on this LED screen. Mm-hmm. And so the shadows reflected pro- and the light reflected properly on the actors' faces. Um, or like in cockpit shots, when you're, um, you know, when you see space behind you, they had an LED screen and they put the actual effects uh, on this LED screen. And it was um, programmatically generated. So if they're in the middle of a space battle, they could say more lasers, hit a button, and then more lasers would would like flash onto the screen. That's true. Um, and and so they had like a lot of control, and it was all done in real time. And, and then they could go in and, and touch them up later in the background as needed. Uh, I'll clean it up. But the end result was that like if you're in hyperspace, you had that hyperspace shadow effect on the characters' faces, or you saw the lasers flashing through the cockpit. And the the actors had something to respond to as well, where they could be like, mm-hmm. trying to duck and and stuff. Uh, and and so it made things really immersive, both for the actors and, and actresses, and for from the lighting standpoint as well. Mm-hmm. Which I thought very cool, very cool stuff. Um, they also built this is amazing. Like the the amount of detail they wanted in the. In the in the effects they built a, a motion controlled virtual camera there if you get the i believe it's the target special edition of rogue one you, you can actually see a brief feature on this but they they built a motion controlled virtual camera for gareth edwards so that he could reposition digital shots just like real ones so that's um, amazing yeah so he'd that's be like really looking cool. at a computer screen right and he'd be holding this camera and he could in the real world turn the camera and it would reposition what was being seen on screen. So it actually felt like he was repositioning those shots um, with a camera. And, it, and and everything was digitally already three-dimensional and, and, and digitally constructed. So he could go into this environment and be like, okay, let's, let's try a shot from this angle and just walk a couple feet to the left, turn the camera a bit. And it reflected it in, in the movie. So it, it's almost like he was directing in the computer. Yeah. Instead of having instead of having a computer guy move the camera itself within the 3D environment, he he physically moved it himself in the 3D yeah. environment. That's amazing. Yeah, and it felt like a real camera. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's like this the kind of stuff like this that you just don't you don't hear about as much and you, this one is on one of the special features, the target special feature. Uh-huh. Um uh, but absolutely like fascinating stuff that I wish they'd gone into more detail on. And it was too bad because this panel was so rushed. They only had half an hour and they'd be like, uh, they'd like, Oh, and this was like a slide would appear on the screen. And John will be like, Oh, this was when we did blah, 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 blah. But we don't really have time. So we're going to skip it and go on to the next thing. And everybody's like, no, stop. We want to see this. You know, the, <laughs> the, the whole crowd wanted to see every, every really little, too bad. Little that's, detail. that's, Somebody yeah. needs to videotape that panel and just put it up somewhere. Yeah. Uh, actually, the, the panel might be might have been live streamed. Um, well, the full panel, not the rushed. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, and another from the digital side of things, ILM was able to create this or use this tool called Flux to extract Peter Cushing's expressions from archival footage to help them recreate the digital versions. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, so it was actually able to like figure out his facial expressions and then create a digital version for them for them to use. Uh, so and, and they kind of went into more detail about how they created everyone. And again, it was 
it was just too bad because they were rushing through it so much. They'd, they'd say something and then quickly move on to the next slide. I'm like, oh, it's so fascinating. I want to spend more time on this, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Doug Chain talked about, our, you know, he, he led the art for uh, concept art for, for Rogue One. He talked about how when his team created designs, they remove elements until the design no longer works. So they, you know, they, they create this great design and they strip away until it's as simple as it can possibly be. Uh, and then, you know, once it no longer works, they add that last piece back on and they are now know they're at the, the most simplest design they can possibly have. And that's how something feels more Star Wars, right? It's not too complex and, and, and crazy. Um, yeah. And then ILM's ILM actually built, uh, so you, so you remember when, um, you know how in A New Hope and the original trilogy, ILM did kit bashing, yeah. right? For all the all the ships. So they bought yep. model. Um, they bought... Oh, sorry? Um, if I remember correct, it's Tamea model kits. Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah, they bought model kits. It's Tamea model kits. And used, like, put the pieces on the outside of the ships to make them feel more realistic. Mm-hmm. Well, to to make this possible in the digital world... They literally made a digital model kit that had all sorts of like pieces and then put them onto their digital ships that uh, they like, you know, virtually glued onto the ships. Uh, and so it was like 100% analogous to these model kits of the past. They actually went in and researched these model kits, recreated these the exact model kits piece for piece and put them uh, and gave them to the 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 designers uh, and the model model makers, the, the, these digital model makers for Rogue One. That is that is something that I would love to see. All yeah. those model, all those model kit parts scanned piece by piece into a computer, and then just oh, that is amazing. That's that's just way too cool. Yeah, and then the very last thing they did was, and and this is one thing that also should have been on the on this Blu-ray. John Knoll showed a blooper reel from Rogue One. Um, oh, cool. And it was a digital blooper reel. So it was things that they did, things that happened while they were while they were creating the movie that were unexpected, like various bugs that happened to be in the film and stuff. So like everything from, you know, Tarkin turning around and like something being weird with his model. So his like face is all, you know, messed up and everything. Or um, <clears throat> various strange bugs. I don't even remember all of them off the top of my head now, but it was so cool to watch. Some of those, uh, are most of the fun, some of those are the most fun bloopers you can ever see is if like a 3D shot just goes wrong. Yeah. Yeah. And so he showed off that as well at the very end. And I, I hope they release that video someday because it was, it was really good. It was very good. Um. So that's uh, that's the making of Rogue One. Uh, it was very rushed. Uh, oh, and I guess the last piece, uh, Matthew Wood showed off. He kind of like layered in the sound for the film and, and showed mm-hmm. how much of a difference, like, you know, all the different elements make, like the, the, the soundtrack, the foley, the dialogue. Uh, and when you combine all, you know, all these various pieces together, uh, what the final mix sound like. And so he kind of played a clip and then layered on piece by piece by piece by piece to kind of give you an idea of just how much um, 
how much detail goes into the sound. That's way too cool. Yeah. That kind of stuff is fun. So, so let's, yeah. Yeah. So I was going to ask what are, what other panels? I mean, um, where, oh, where else did you go after this one? I mean, there was a ton going on. Oh yeah. So um, another highlight I think is the Freemaker adventures panel on Sunday. Um, you know, this is a show I feel like has been uh, criminally underlooked, right? Uh, Absolutely. I, I right? totally agree. I totally um, agree. People, uh, you know, it's kind of like an, an underknown <laughs> as, as we like to call it in the, um, uh, you know, in the software industry. Um, it's one of those things that people don't know about and it's really an, a great gem. So if you haven't watched it, highly recommend it. Um, for those of you who have seen Freemaker Adventures, they gave a preview of what we're going to get in season two. And that's really all about Rowan discovering his purpose. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we'll get a, uh, they said we'll get a, a baby Wampa uh, in oh, season God. two and it will appear oh. in, in the perfect way imaginable. Oh. Andrew, God. so it'll be hugging Andrew. Uh, yes, exactly. <laughs> right, for for those of you who are who are aware of the famous picture from Celebration, I want to say four. We got this amazing no, that was five because that was my first one. Oh, it was five. You're right. It was yeah. five at Celebration five. We got this amazing photo of Stephen, not Stephen, of Andrew Loopy hugging this Wampa, and he's got like the biggest grin on his face, and it's it's the best photo. It's one of my favorite Star Wars photos of all time um that's too funny and uh so anyway the, there we will get a wampa some of these are kind of some rapid fire bits and pieces mm-hmm. from the uh from the from season two but uh, oh oh here's here's something fascinating so doug chang's team is heavily involved in freemaker adventures as well uh they treat this like they would a movie where his team does concept art for every new character that they make uh every new ship and then one only once they've come up with the final design do they translate it into Lego form. Oh, that's too cool. Yeah, and so they actually have like real concept sketches of the entire cast. Uh all of the main heroes of Freemaker Adventures or every ship. They have a realistic version of that that could be used in a feature film. And then they just Legoify it. That is way too cool. Um, yeah, and so I, we, I, I, I live tweeted a few photos of of what the Freemaker Adventures look like. Um, so go ahead and check out Ion Cannon Cast uh, on Twitter if you're curious. But uh, it, yeah, it's very cool to see how these um, how these characters could have looked, you know, in the real world because they they really go through this whole process, mm-hmm. right? And and uh, you know the the creators uh, Bill Roth and, and Bob Motz have talked about how much how cool it is to have Doug Chang like creating concept art for their show. You know they're like we're just doing an animated Lego series and we've got Doug mm-hmm. Chang doing concept art for us. Uh, that really is just almost absurd, but yeah, really really cool. And, and the fun thing about this is I think I think the show basically they they consider this Star Wars a. Jason, it's not right. within the canon, but it is still able to pick up like I guess Hera Mamothma. We've already seen Akbar a couple times. Uh-huh. So, you know, it it can bring in those characters. But the best thing I love about it, it's 
Lego humor. I mean, if you were able to catch the Freemaker adventures that were released on May the 4th, there's some really funny Lego humor in this. And that's what I love about the show. It's yeah. still Star Wars, but it's Lego. Yeah. No, it's 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 great. We get to see so many different uh, characters. Like you said, Hera and Mon Mothma and Admiral Akbar. Chopper is going to be in Freemaker yeah, Adventures this season. Uh, Quarry, remember from Quarry from, from Star Wars Rebels, mm-hmm. uh, will be in, in the show this season. And just in case you're, you're confused, Quarry is named after Ralph McQuarrie, but Quarry is a Quarren uh, shipbuilder. So Quarry mm. the Quarren shipbuilder, played by Quarry Burton, will star alongside Quarry, oh one of the Freemakers. <laughs> Say that one 25 times fast and see if you can make so you it. Have, yeah, exactly. Sorry, five exactly. times. Five times fast. Exactly. So, uh, so Corey is played by Corey, and we'll start alongside Corey. That is just unbelievable. Makes, makes perfect sense. Yep. <laughs> and you the, know what? The, the only, creators acknowledged this and joked about it. During... And only in the Lego universe that does make perfect sense. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And all spelled differently. Thanks, English language. Um. Let's see. Uh, the main villain of season two is is called his name is MOC. Uh, I'm not sure what it stands like. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, his, his it's, probably, ship, though, it's probably mock because that's what the Lego term is. Because it stands uh, for it stands for my own creation. So people talk about oh, like go. this is my this is my Star oh. Wars mock or something like that. So it's <laughs> very uh, well named for the series. Okay, that is, okay, I like that. I approve. Okay, I like that very much. So in the panel, they called him MOC, not Mock. But um, that would make sense. <laughs> that, that's that's great. That was, so they've got the inspiration. They didn't want to be too on the nose. Yeah. Which is probably probably okay. Okay, I, I approve. Very I cool. approve. Well, he flies a TIE Phantom from Legends. Uh, TIE yeah. Phantom is the cloaking one, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and his, and the, I believe so. You're the, you're the ship expert. I know. And, that's I'm pretty sure. And uh, MOC kind of locks into the ship, and it basically becomes part of him. Um, and he can like use it and discard it as he wills, which is really cool concept. Uh, and I, I'm I'm very excited to see that appear. And again, like they have actual Star Wars concept art by you know. Uh, by the, by the the actual Star Wars Lucasfilm concept artists uh, of all this stuff. For example, Ryan Church, who's been working on uh, the film since the prequels, he designed the he's and he's on um, Doug Chang's team. He created uh, he designed the Arrowhead, which is the new ship in Rebel in Freemaker Adventures season. That is two. a that is a nice looking ship. Because that yeah. they've already put out a, a photo of that in Lego form. Is that it is a nice looking ship? Yeah, yeah. It is. It is crucial to season two and supposedly related to Rowan's purpose. And it's it's actually constructed of ancient parts and built or powered, sorry, by a giant kyber crystal. Interesting. Yeah. So uh, that's going to be really really cool. Sadly, I think uh, my bank account's going to be drained pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see a couple of fun things. Uh, we'll get to go to Maigido and see an opera house in season two. There may or may not be a Maigido burrito joke involved somewhere. Oh, uh, we'll also see like hey, just hey, silly hey. stuff. Uh, uh, we'll also but see it's Lego a, humor. It's it is. Lego it humor, is. People. 
It is. Uh, we'll see a, a starship auction hall um, and all sorts of cool things. They also, and I love this, they showed a behind-the-scenes video about the Freemaker Adventures uh, and how the music is created with with composer Mike, Michael Kramer. And mm-hmm. I think Michael Kramer's an amazing job. The The theme is so catchy. Uh, and it's, you know, it has to, he, he has to walk this careful balance between music that feels authentically Star Wars, but also more Lego style. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's more playful than other Star Wars properties is is the way Michael Kramer described it, Mm -hmm. but it has to have those same types of themes. So, uh, so that was cool. And, um, and then to, to wrap things up, they actually, and, and this was a nice surprise because the panel was originally scheduled for an hour and a half and they shortened it for, to an hour. And so we're sitting there and after an hour, they're like, okay, uh, that's it. Now we're going to show you the first episode of the season. And Oh, you're lucky. Yeah. And so this, this, the, the episode will premiere later this summer uh, on Disney XD, but they showed attendees the first episode of of season two and it was really good um i i don't want to go too much into detail and and spoil it but uh i i definitely enjoyed the episode and i can't wait to see where they go from there uh they're kind of picking up from the end of of last Mm -hmm. season so if you haven't seen freemaker adventures check it out it's on disney xd um the 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 four or actually five shorts uh, were released uh on may 4th on star wars day so check it out it's a it's a very very fun show uh okay so guys did you see the announcement about the new star wars television show are you talking go ahead i saw what defined television it's a short series or or series of shorts okay but um, this is a, a new, a third Star Wars animated series running concurrently. Uh, and not not the successor to Star Wars Rebels, but a, a whole new thing. Uh, and this is Star Wars Forces of Destiny. Now, I'm um, looking forward to this. Yeah, so it's a, it's a series of 2D animated shorts featuring the heroines of Star Wars including Leia, Padme, Rey, Jin Erso, Harrison Dula, Ahsoka, Sabine, Ketsu Onyo, and more. Uh, and many of the original actresses will return to voice their characters, including Daisy Ridley, Felicity Jones, Tia Sirkar, Ashley Eckstein, Vanessa Marshall. Catherine Tabor will continue to voice Padme, as she did in The Clone Wars. And Shelby Young will come in and step into the shoes of Princess Leia. Uh, with Lupita Nyong'o narrating all of the shorts. And, of course, she played Maz Kanata in The Force mm-hmm. Awakens. So, like, quite the lineup. Uh, quite the cast. Yeah, that's and fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited about this. Right? They, they announced this the night before Celebration started, which was a bit surprising. But um, I think it's going to be a really cool show. You know, the, the, the shorts will uh premiere on disney youtube this july uh eight episodes and then eight more will uh will be released in the fall on disney channel at which point they'll air all all 16 episodes on the disney channel they're gonna be about three minutes long each 
and um, they'll they'll focus each 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 short will focus on a particular uh, heroine in Star Wars, and, um, and but although sometimes they'll run into each other as well. So this is going to be um, I'm excited about this. This is going to be cool. The, it's being it's being done by Ghostbot Animation Studios and penned by Jennifer Murrow, who, if you'll remember was the writer who tweeted that she was working with Lucasfilm back in yeah. the fall. And we were like, oh, oh she's working yes. on something. Yes. Yeah. That's really cool and kind yeah. of funny. Yeah, so this this is what she was doing. Uh, and, and, of course, directed by Brad Rao, uh, who has worked on Star Wars Rumbles. So, uh, you know, definitely no, no, you know, we got some, some new talent, some people who are, you know, very much been involved in Star Wars for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like many of the, you know, from, from both, Animated in the live action. Stuff. I'm liking that. I'm liking it. It's all focusing on the heroines. It's yeah. all the females. Yeah, and, and alongside this, they're they're also putting out a bunch of collectibles, which are, um, uh, which are designed more for, uh, you know, for to target uh, girls. Um, mm-hmm. Slightly different style, like you know, the heads are slightly different. Uh, more, I would say, almost slightly more doll like. Mm-hmm. Than, uh, than like your typical, you know, the action figures and stuff. Uh, it all looked really cool, and, and they actually gave us a, a, a tease of some of the episodes uh, that we're gonna see, including uh, we'll get an episode set after Return of the Jedi or shortly after Return of the Jedi with Hera. Believe it or not, interesting. Uh, so Hera survives Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's huge well, news. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, because these are all canon. So, and, and, and Leland, she did confirm that Hera lives throughout the end of Return of the Jedi. So she's yeah, going like to be around that. for a while. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we'll also get an episode with Rey battling Tito to protect BB-8 on their way to Nima Outpost. Uh, Rey battling a Nightwatcher worm. Uh, one of the worms seen, brief, seen briefly in The Force Awakens. And these mm-hmm. are all set, you know, they, they only have so much time to play with with Rey. So they, they have to right. set them like... Before, after we just see meet Ray for the first time, but before she leaves the planet, um, so they're kind of working a short time frame there. There's another one where um, Ray attempts to disarm an explosive tracking device placed on the Millennium Falcon by Uncar Plutt, also featuring Han Solo, Chewie, and Finn. We're gonna get an episode with Princess. Sorry, no, uh, I was good. That's interesting. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah, so they're trying to slip these in, like, but you know they can't go obviously after Force Awakens because right. she's going to be on, you know, um, two with Luke. But right. between scenes in the Force Awakens, they can they can certainly do things. Uh, we're also going to get a a, a short with Princess Leia, C three PO, R two D two, and uh, Chewbacca battling a Wampa inside of Echo Base. Oh, okay. So kind of a deleted scene. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. Very interesting. Looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, there'll be another one with Sabine and showing Sabine and Chopper's life in the rebel base on Yavin 4. So what's it like for them uh, on Yavin 4? Probably, you know, set during the rebels time period, I'm guessing, but who knows? We'll see. Uh, we'll see one about Katsu Onyo, who you know uh, is someone that Sabine, bounty hunter Sabine knows, and they eventually turned, they convinced her to join the rebels. Uh, Katsu Onyo will steal cargo and food for the Rebel Alliance, and 
in this short, she's kind of stuck trying to decide, like, does she, does she want to join? Is the rebel life for her or not? Um, and so she's kind of struggling with that. And then the, um, the Hera one, like I mentioned, it will be Hera, Princess Leia and Han Solo all in one episode. Um, having an Ewok adventure on Endor. Very, very cool. interesting. Yeah. So really great lineup. I can't wait to see what else, uh, what, what else we get. Cause we're gonna get 16 episodes, but you know, really good stuff narrated by Lupita Nyong'o. So I'm excited for this. And as a nice little surprise at the end of the panel, they actually showed the, uh, the very first forces of destiny short, uh, uh, the one with with Ray. Of course, yeah. Steven, so this was... are you getting the feeling we really should have been there for a lot of this? <laughs> Tom, I had that feeling long, long before <laughs> we started this podcast. I know, I know. But every time we bring this up, it's like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. It was great. Every every single thing that was, you know, every single show um, was it whether it was Rebels or Freemaker Adventures or Forces of Destiny or whatnot. Um, the, the rogue one behind the scenes panel, uh, the, the, the clone wars deleted scenes clip right in, in the, in the animation panel, like everything, they always brought a video to show at the end, um, uh, either previewing what was coming up or maybe deleted stuff, which I really appreciate. So they did a great job with that. Uh, and they also did that in, um, uh, in the next panel, which I'll talk about in just a second, but this, with this Ray one. Really good. Again, they're three minutes long, right? So they're they're two D. They're three minutes long. Um, so they're they're fairly short. But you know, this was this was Ray. This is the the episode with Ray dealing with um, uh, dealing with the Night Watcher worm. It's like this this worm thing that she's trying to escape. And you know, they don't have a ton of time, so they can't go too much in depth mm-hmm. with these characters and and the and the and the, um, and the situations, but. They're just long enough to kind of start to get into things, and it was a lot of fun. So, highly recommended. Uh, definitely you know, look for that when they air this. Twenty nineteen can't come fast enough. I know, I know. Well, this yeah. will these will start airing this summer on oh, YouTube. Oh no, I'm talking about the out. next time you go to one of these, that where you go to these panels oh, and they yes. start showing you stuff of what's coming in the future. That's yes. why I'm saying 2019, so that way we can make it to celebration in 2019. Exactly. You guys will be yeah. there. You'll be there. And Fingers let's are crossed, see. Man. So. Gamers, Star Wars Battlefront Two. Now, okay. I, yep. I think I think I'm going to sit this one out because I'm not the gamer like you two are. Just kidding. So, Stephen, I uh, am interested. What, what what's your impressions of of Battlefront Two? Uh, having not, and you weren't there in the room, but I'm sure yeah, you saw that. So I saw the saw the trailer. Uh, oops, excuse me. In general, Sorry. super super excited. Um, so, you know, they showed off the cinematic trailer. Uh, the big change, obviously, is that one, they've said we're going to get uh, battles from across uh, all Star Wars eras. So including Episode Seven, including the Clone Wars. Uh, and we're going to have a single player campaign, which is also really, really interesting. Um, yeah. Because, you know, that's... Oh, I, I might be up for that part. So, yeah, that's, so that's the piece that Battlefront was missing so much. And... Well, there are a couple of things that was missing, but this is definitely brings it closer, I think. Well, for for me, right? I'm oh, that's fair. Yeah, I'm a I'm a camp I'm a campaign guy. My personally, I love yep, same player campaigns. Multiplayer is great, and I'll play with friends. But a good single player story is what I want, and this yeah. story looks 
awesome. And, and for it a guy like really, me, really, really promising. And, and for a guy and like it's me, all canon comes, too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for a guy like me, when it comes to games like this, the multiplayer thing, it's like Tess keeps t- saying, it's like, play Overwatch, play Overwatch, play Overwatch. No. I'd rather have a story to where it's like, I just don't want to get inside a room because first person shooters sometimes when you, when, for I play them too much, I get fatigued just because yeah. all you're doing is just, you're just going after people. I'd rather have a storyline to go with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And, and this story sounds really cool. Steven, you want to, you want to tell yeah, go ahead. Uh, Why don't you go? our listeners what the story is? Yeah, so uh, what we know is you take the role of an Imperial soldier named, uh, is it Aiden Versio? I've uh-huh. only ever seen it written. Okay. Yeah, I, so uh, Aiden, Aiden Verso. So uh, Aiden leads uh, Inferno Squad, kind of an Imperial special ops squad. And so the trailer, which is kind of the biggest hint we've gotten thus far, uh, you see Aiden and her squad go to Endor during episode six to kind of, you know, to defeat some rebel scum. They accomplish their mission and then look to the sky and see the rebel... Uh, the, excuse me, the rebel ship explode. The Death Star explode. <laughs> Boy, I'm tired. Uh, and so then the, it's about uh, avenging the Empire and the death of the Emperor, you know, however that ends up happening. Yeah. Um, the other cool detail, I don't know if you would have caught this one. So there, the ship that is in the trailer is an Imperial Raider ship, uh, which was actually uh-huh. started as a fantasy flight uh, ship for the, I think it was X-Wing, might have been in, yeah, I think it was X-Wing. Um, Fantasy Flight needed a ship for their, you know, miniatures game, where it was kind of essentially an Imperial anti-fighter ship, or an Imperial Corvette, if you will, and mm. this is the ship that they kind of came up with together with, you know, someone in Star Wars, whoever their licensing contact is. And so oh, to see it kind of take cool. off, you know, go from miniature form to, like, actually in the big leagues, I mean, at least is I guess Battlefront's pretty big when it comes to the big yeah. league, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. That, so that's, that's, that's it's just cool. really cool. It was awesome. And they also, I don't know, if, did you guys notice in the trailer, the Sentinel robots from Aftermath and Shattered Empire, the ones with Palpatine's oh, face no, on I them? Oh, no, I did not. Yeah, so you watch no. the trailer, you'll see these robots with Palpatine's face. And I was like, those are the robots from, this called the Sentinels from Aftermath and Shattered Empire. That's the, really cool. The Emperor's agents. And so they're taking all of these pieces from you know, all of the canon of, of Star Wars and, and, and bringing them in. Looks really cool. I love this concept of like, what would it look like if a planet willingly joined the Empire and fully supported it? Yeah. Right? And Aiden and the planet Vardo, uh, it kind of explore this concept. And so, as you said, the story starts, uh, the story starts during the original trilogy and then spans the 30 years between Return of the yeah, Jedi that, and The Force Awakens. That one, I wasn't sure. The, the trailer kind of implied it, but I, I didn't want to get... Uh too hopeful <laughs> yeah it does it does that's um, really so, cool so in a way from this game we will see kind of the rise of the first order in this if it's the 30 years yeah uh, yeah we should we should see something okay. yeah okay. and so now, that's it's so cool and and you'll be able to jump into the shoes of heroes throughout all the eras so in multiplayer mm-hmm. you know you'll be able to you actually even in the in the in the in the single player, it sounds like you'll, there'll be moments where you get to play as like Luke or Kylo Ren or something. Um, but it, the the as you said, Stephen, the multiplayer starts spans all the eras, so you can play on prequel maps with Darth Maul. You can play as you know Rey during the during the the Force Awakens era, uh, and pretty much anything in between. So they're doing a really good job with this. It sounds like the Battlefront we always wanted. Now, isn't there supposed That's to be sure. a book coming out? 
Uh, I thought there was something about a Star Wars Inferno Squad book that's coming <laughs> yes. out. Yes. Hey, you know what? The this... softball had to be thrown, man. So I, I loved I loved how they did this, right? Um, if you'll remember, oh, a couple weeks before, this is maybe in January, I think end of January, early mm-hmm. February, they announced a book called Star Wars Inferno Squad written by Christy Golden. And they announced it. I'm like, okay, well, this looks pretty cool. And that was about it. That you know, they didn't, they didn't have any other announcements. And uh, I think that's because they usually like to keep at least one to two book announcements in the pipeline, so that Star Wars fans have something to look forward to. And at the time, um, the the Star Wars anthology book, Blue Milk, had not been announced yet. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, Aftermath was about to release, and they're like, oh, but. You know, Thrawn comes out in two months, and after that, after that, there's nothing on the calendar. And so they announced Star Wars Inferno Squad uh, for this summer. Um, but as it turns out, Inferno Squad is actually the story of this group from Star Wars Battlefront Two. That's it really stars, looking forward to this. Yeah, and so it stars the 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 protagonist is Iden Verso, and um, and it takes place four years before the game and shows how the whole squad meets. Uh, and so the actual name is not Star Wars Inferno Squad. It's Star Wars Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad. And uh, it's basically the prequel to to this game. Okay. Coming out July 25th. Can, can, I, can I throw a question out there? Is this book going to be better than the other Star Wars Battlefront book that we got? Oh, I'm sure. I hope, I hope so. so. I, yeah. I, Christy Golden is really Yeah, good. I was going to say, Christy Golden has no, written Star Wars before, so... I totally understand hope. that. No, I totally understand that, because just by that title, I am so looking forward to this book. But yeah. to throw Star Wars Battlefront 2 in front of it, y- you're looking over your shoulder at the one that came well, the before. Other, the other thing is, the previous Battlefront book had nothing to do with... Like, there you. was no story to go right. with uh, the game as well. Which right. I think in this case, I, I think in this case, that's probably true because if you're looking at the way Star Wars Battlefront originally was, it's basically a first person shooter. Whereas this one here, too, has got an, an actual through line story. And exactly. that makes sense that this is actually going to have a through line story. So, yes, it's going to be a better book. Yep. Exactly. So, yeah. Uh, I will see you guys. On the battlefield on November seventeenth. No, well, uh, you no. Must have, that's a di- you, you will see us on the battlefront. Front, William. William that exactly. was so easy, okay. and you screwed it I up. Know, I know. Yeah, I really did. Okay, wait, 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 wait. You guys will be on the battlefront probably before me. I'll join you probably a little bit later than that if I get the game. Yeah, but that uh, gamers lot. on Xbox One actually, in in fact, will get early access. It <laughs> It, it oh. was, um, I had okay. to laugh. There was, they said, they made some sort of comment like, um, oh shoot, what was it now? They made some sort of comment about how, uh, I'm blanking, this is a couple weeks ago now. But anyway, they they basically didn't, because uh, Sony has the marketing rights for Star Wars mm-hmm. Battlefront, at the end of every trailer, they show the PlayStation logo, etc. Because Sony paid a bunch of money to, to show uh, their to put their brand there, um, and so they couldn't say certain things. They're like, "Oh yeah, we'll have certain things on the platforms," and that's about it. Uh, mm-hmm. But if you go actually read the press release, you can see that 
you know, like Xbox One and PC will get early access to the game with EA Access. So if you want yeah. to start playing the game two weeks early, you can do that. And Xbox will also have an exclusive online split screen mode. It looks like as well. So there's some awesome. cool stuff. Oh, that's very <laughs> cool. cool. There. Yeah. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, I have an Xbox. We might do. play. We'll see. No, we'll, we're gonna we're gonna play. The three of us are gonna play. We're gonna okay. We're gonna play with our, our listeners. Okay. We're gonna play uh, and we're gonna win. Wait, oh, if it's a uh, wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> we, we 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 can't get that cocky just yet, okay? Because you've got me as the liability. Because remember, Great kid. I'm not the guy. Yeah. Don't get cocky. Yeah. Um, and then to cap things off, they showed us a really cool Battlefront Two documentary at the very end of the panel, which was not shown on the live screen and live stream and will never be seen anywhere else. So that's um, cool. Oh, yeah, that's too cool. Like I said, they they really like to bring uh, all sorts of good stuff. Yeah, they they want it to be worthwhile. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But okay, so that's Battlefront Two. Very excited about that game. It, it looks like they've solved all of my complaints about Battlefront 1, namely a story, but a lot of multiplayer improvements too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, uh, Inferno Squad, Inferno Squadron was not the only Star Wars book announced at, uh, at Celebration. Uh, they actually released a whole bunch of stuff. Going to be a lot of reading to do, man. Yeah. I mean, with all these books coming out. Did you see yeah. these, uh, the announcements that they made? Well, there's a Phasma novel that's coming out that's got my daughter. Ooh. We were going back and forth on that because she's like, wait a minute. I thought it was a comic. I said, no, it's a novel. She goes, I thought it was. No. Well, actually, you're novel. both right. You're both hey! right. <laughs> yeah. There's thank a, you. And that's what's a little confusing. There is the Phasma novel by Delilah S. Dawson, who's written a couple short stories. And uh, I'm really excited to see what she has. She's got a military background. And this is uh, going to be interesting because I. The story I of how you, Phasma got out of the trash, trash compactor. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and but no, so we get a whole novel uh, just about Phasma, and it looks really cool. There is also a Captain Phasma comic mini series, which will bridge the gap between the Force Awakens and the Last Jedi. Oh, that sorry, one that's will probably the, that's, that's the trash compactor novel. Yeah, that's that's the series. trash compactor origin story. Yep. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. Um, and these are part of the Journey to the Last Jedi publishing program, well, like the for- Journey to the Force Awakens. Mm-hmm. We also get a um, the book uh, Leia, Princess of Alderaan uh, by Claudia Gray. And Yay. Yeah, Claudia Gray is awesome. I Remember, like she Claudia wrote Gray. Lost Stars. I actually uh, got to see her uh, last weekend. Oh, really? Oh, I you got- did? I- yeah, we went to a, a book festival in Southern California, and she was one of the authors there. Didn't get to talk to her. She only mentioned Star Wars like once, but it was interesting to see. So, Oh, very cool. That was awesome. Very uh, cool. But So we're going to get a whole YA novel on young Leia, which will be really cool. Uh, and you know, Leia growing up. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Ken Liu is writing a, the, the, a book called The Legends of Luke Skywalker as well uh which should be should be good and then of course there's a bunch of other books as well as part, mm-hmm. you know part of the journey to the last jedi um i'm sure they're gonna have like you know the standard visual guides again and different like coloring books and all these other things the the standout different like resource books which are not mm-hmm. necessarily like you know a fiction novel but um should be a lot of fun probably they're a cool DK one though out too Exactly. All sorts of DK yeah. books. Yeah. Um, what I'm excited about, though, is The Rebel Files by Dan Wallace. If you remember mm-hmm. The Jedi Path 
and yep. the Bounty Hunter Code and that kind of stuff. Now we're going to book yep. uh, a book called The Rebel Files, all about like Rebel Alliance. Oh, that's uh, cool. For, from the Rebel Alliance's perspective. So, uh, and that's by Dan Wallace. That's coming out this fall as well. <laughs> um, boy, that's that's about it. Like, there was a lot at Celebration. There's no way we could cover everything. Uh, David Collins did a great music of Rogue One panel where he kind of went in depth on the the film's uh, soundtrack. Um, there we we did a live recording of the Star Wars report. Uh, so those of you who uh, you know our our, our sister podcast um, on StarWarsReport.com, we recorded a live show there. That was a lot of fun. And then the closing ceremonies, which unfortunately were they were they were fine, but they kind of. Mm-hmm. It was a little disappointing because I think as we talked about on the last episode, they did not announce where the next celebration is going to be. All uh, they said was that it is coming in 2019. And when Warwick Davis said, and we'll see you at the next celebration in 2019 location TBD, you kind of hear the crowd go, ah, oh, because they typically announce the location of the next celebration during the closing ceremony. So got a hunch. Yeah. What, what, so what's your theory? I'm only saying it because, and this is total hunch, I'm probably wrong. I think it's coming back to California. That's okay. what I'm looking at. I mean, 2019, we know Star Wars Land is going to open. It sure would be great if we had, uh, you know, another, what did we have last time? It was uh, Last Tour of Endor. Mm-hmm. Yep, Last Tour of Endor. Something similar, but with... Yeah. Uh, Star Wars Welcome Land would to the be planet. Pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I, for, from what I have seen, like I said, I, I, I'm more of a Warner Brother guy, but being close to the park is Disneyland as close as I am. When you take a look at the construction, and you take a look at the photos from Florida at Disney World, the one in California is just—it's almost like every day there is something new being wow. being. You know, it's going vertical. There's photos of the at-ats are already inside the building. They're already encased. The building's not closed yet, but the at-ats are in there. Um, I mean, you're looking at all these photos. That there's, there's, my wife's a big Disney fan, and she keeps sending me these photos of this one website of all the stuff that's going in for Star Wars Land there. And, and you get wrapped up in it. You go to the website. You check out these photos. And it's almost like every week there is something new that's going vertical within that compared to the ones from Florida where I think there's only like one or two walls already vertical. I I, I just – I look at being a Star Wars fan. You know, I'm just saying it's coming back to California. We're in California. I don't know. But, yeah. but I, I look at it saying it kind of makes sense. So – not up to us. Nope. But I'm, I'm excited. Not this time. It's going to be good. Yeah, yeah. Not this time. Yeah. Maybe so in about 20 years. And we do have, now we have, um, we've got another Star Wars movie coming out yep. you know, in May of that year as well. So like an April time frame would be the perfect time yeah. to hype up the film a month before release. Yeah. Agreed. I don't know. But it's all speculation, and we'll have to f- we'll, we'll find out whenever somebody decides to make the announcement. Yep. yep. Whenever so. that is. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I guess last but certainly not least, uh, 
or maybe least depending on your point of view. Um, the 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 biggest thing is we actually got a new weapon added to the canon of Star Wars during the closing ceremonies. They they shot a t-shirt cannon into the um they they had a t-shirt cannon they were shooting shirts into the crowd and Pablo Hidalgo made the t-shirt shirt the t-shirt cannon cannon by dubbing oh, it the Mersan Munitions SWS 1013 projectile launcher and it too is now funny. in canon so who I knows where it'll show up but now a t-shirt cannon is part of it's Star official. Wars canon uh well, you it's not normally. It, it's just for other projectiles. It's not normally for right. t-shirts, William. That's correct. It's not. It's well, the it's a projectile cannon. Okay. In my opinion, if it were to show up anywhere, Freemakers. That's the perfect spot uh, for a, it because it's a comedy. great place for just it. Just watch. It'll be in the Han Solo movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, William, on a Womp Rat rating scale, since uh, Stephen and I went there, how many Womp Rats would you give Celebration 2017 Man, Orlando? I rate Celebration? No, you don't. Yeah. I was just kidding. No, oh, no, wait a minute. No, I mean, I'm kidding. You can do whatever That's you want. Hard. Because how, no, how mean, are we going to end the show? It, it's like this Celebration is always in a great time, right? And and what we were just talking about, the content here in, mm-hmm. in, in our recap, there's so much more to Celebration, right? Oh, absolutely. It, it's it's all about seeing all of your friends that you only get to see, you know, sometimes once every year, every two or three years, right? It's about the people. It's about the fun conversations you have with all, all the other fans while you're waiting in line. It's the excitement when you're in the room, even if what it is isn't that big of a deal in the long run. It's mm-hmm. the great content, you know, that they have there. And so Celebration is is always one of my favorite events of the year. And yes, there were... There were some crazy lines this year, uh, crazy crazy lines. But it was it was a lot of fun, and I I wouldn't miss it for the world. And so, uh, hopefully, you guys will be there with me uh, next year or next time uh, in two years. My fingers uh, are so crossed because I am. Go back. Uh, it, it's a it's a good time. It, it really is. Well, it's also seeing everybody. I mean, you, you find like you like you said, William. You get to meet Riley, Bethany, Aaron, you know, you get to meet everybody there. And then the people you run into just on a whim. Yeah. And it's hard. I actually don't want to name names because there are so many people that I would forget someone. Right. Uh, Well, that's why I always stay with people who have been on our podcast. Exactly. And we have our crew that we all, you know, all of us kind of go around and do a lot of stuff together. But um, it's it's a great time. And I love seeing everybody. So uh, celebration is is always a blast. Yep. I guess but, on that uh, note. But you know what else is a blast? Hmm. Do tell us. Thrawn. Oh. Thrawn is a blast. And we'll be back soon, very soon, with our review of Thrawn by Timothy Zahn. And it is a good book. And if you oh, haven't read the book, book, you have to read the book. It yes. is really good. Yeah. Uh, that's coming from Tom. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Hey. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm giving I'm giving it thumbs up because you're not going to get my Wombat rating until we review the book. Exactly. So uh, that review will be posted shortly. But for now, um, thanks for listening to our recap of Celebration. And guys, thanks for joining in and talking with me about this. I know... I know you guys weren't there at the event, but it, it was kind of fun to reminisce and, and chat all about it. Well, we're reliving it through you. 
because yeah, we no, want it to. Was lots of fun. Yeah. Don't nothing to worry about there. Nope. So cool. So uh, keep your uh, ears tuned to Ion Cannon. We'll be back soon with our review of Thrawn. Thank you for listening to the Ion Cannon Podcast, your source for entertainment reviews from a galaxy far, far away, including Rebels, the sequel trilogy, spin-off films, and more. If you like what you hear, please rate us in your favorite podcast client. Your reviews will help the show grow within the Star Wars fan community. You can visit our website, ioncannoncast.com, or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can also get in touch with us by emailing contact at ioncannoncast.com. The Ion Cannon Podcast is not associated with Lucasfilm, The Walt Disney Company, or any of their respective trademark or copyright holders. Any and all opinions expressed on the show are that of the hosts. This podcast is a production by fans for fans and is copyright 2017. Here we go with Ion Cannon episode 90, Celebration 2017 Orlando Recap Part 2, starting in 3, 2. Sorry, I just realized that's me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Try that again, please. Okay. All right. Starting yeah, in. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. When, when you're ready and when you're ready and go. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Ion Cannon Podcast. My name is Steven, and I'm one of... I need to actually look at the text. God. But you know what? That was perfect. Why did you stop? Because I... Re- I do you know why it was perfect, Tom? Because that's the We Talk Clones opening. <laughs> <laughs> that is what you have heard. Hello, and welcome to We Talk Clones. <laughs> okay. You're listening to We Talk Clones. We, we actually should keep this in because that was pretty funny. But anyway, if you guys want to... Okay. All right. No, okay. okay. Three, three, two.